So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno, two New Jersey lawyers. I'm not talking about law, Dave. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about resiliency. We're talking about people that are making a difference in the world. And once again, we have another awesome guest. Oh, absolutely. Marcus Black. This is another one of the TEDx speakers that we had the opportunity to meet in St. George. TEDx. Yup. He is the Director of Community Engagement and Advancement at GNWY Co. Uh, Marcus's journey of transformation began after a near-death car accident, which he openly shared in his TEDx talk. Dedicated to mentoring inner-city youth, Marcus works tirelessly to break cycles of poverty, prison, and death, and his role at GNWY involves leading mental health advocacy and anti-bullying initiatives, reaching thousands of students nationwide. Marcus's commitment to empowering the younger generation and fostering positive change is both inspiring and impactful. Marcus, it is so good to see you again. Man, we had such a great time with you in St. George, and uh, it is such a pleasure to have you on Nothing But The Truth. Welcome. Man, thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. You guys strap in, man. We're, we're in for an incredible conversation with these two legends. Thank you, guys. I'm honored to be here today. Uh, that's so, and, and, you know, you can't see it. You have to see the podcast, but you, you, you got full of energy. I love the colors. I love the outfit. Um, listen, Marcus, you're, you're obviously a man of tremendous talent. You wound up on that TED stage, and, and you know, it's, it's really great when people that have similar mindsets can get together, but they're coming from different places, um, and that's what really amazes me, but yet come to the same philosophy. Tell us a little bit, tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what it is you do, and how is it that you made it to the TEDx stage? Absolutely, man. That is a, a loaded question, but it's one that I, I'm happy to answer for you guys. So... I am a product of the heart of the South, the deep South. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, raised in Mississippi. And, you know, as much as there's all the good things like good old Southern hospitality and lots of good food and good eating and good community, there also was a lot of ills and including like skyrocketing poverty rates. And uh, pretty much you go down the negative statistics across America, the deep South is leading the cause in most of those. And so those directly affected my family. They caused there to be trauma inside my home. I know I talk about it openly now. I have a great relationship with my father now, but that wasn't always the case. As a matter of fact, when he was a young man, he was trying to find himself. It led him to become very abusive. And a lot of it was the influence of alcohol, the influence of heavy addiction. And so enter me into this world of pain, of of trauma, of trying to poverty, trying to figure out a way out of it. And I just kind of accepted that maybe this is what life is supposed to be. And I was just going through the motions like so many people do before death and I did the tango. That happened when I was 18 years of age. You mentioned it earlier. Death and I did the tango and I live to tell that story. And when you dance with death, it changes you in ways that you can't really fathom. And so that positioned me for everything that I'm doing today. So that's kind of in a nutshell, my humble beginnings. And it's kind of, it goes wheels off from there. 
Can I just follow up with one quick yeah, question? Yeah, um, you, you mentioned that actually part of my TEDx talk uh, dealt with one of my influencers, which was my mother, um, who in her early teenage years had a brush with death herself, um, was pronounced dead and given her last rites. And, you know, obviously she lived. Um, and it was a defining moment in her life in terms of the change and how she perceived everything she would do from that point forward. Talk to, if you can, amplify that a little bit about how, I assume you're going to tell me that that was a positive experience for you. Greatest thing that ever happened to me because we spend so much time taking life for granted. This is a big part of like my core message that I'm teaching people. Like we spend a lot of time caught up in what we don't have rather than what we do have. We spend a lot of time focused on how far we got to go instead of how far we've already come. And so all that does is lead us into this cycle of learned helplessness where we stop trying because we just take life for granted. We take so much life for granted. And you don't realize that like, yeah, you might not have everything you want, but you got everything you need to take the next step. Maybe not to take the next 20 steps, but to take the next step, everything you need, you already have. It's in your possession. It's inside of you right now. And so I learned that through that experience. It was a wake up call for me to realize life is precious, life is fragile, and I don't have time to waste worrying about stuff I can't control. I got to focus on what I can control, use what I already have, and expand and multiply it. Wow, dude. Spitting fire, I'm, Marcus Black. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> yeah, you know, now, Marcus, Bob talked about a deathbed confession. About looking back on a life when it's your time to pass. And you opened up your TEDx speech about a dream that you had. Tell us a little bit about that and how it's so similar to Bob's talk. Here's the crazy thing about that. Like when I when I got the call and we were talking about the TEDx and my audition process, that's a real dream that I had two days before my audition. So the only thing swimming in my head was I have three TED Talks previously written. But that one, for some reason, I felt like timing was everything. And this dream rests upon this idea. Uh, I, I pulled up to this like huge warehouse. It was creepy. It was dark. There was lots of people coming outside this building. And I didn't know why I was there or what was happening. But I just saw all these people overwhelmed with emotion. And so I get in the building and I come to find out when I get in the building there is an exercise happening where you got to give your own eulogy. And everybody's upset because everybody's realizing that I didn't live. I haven't lived. And what if this actually was my actual eulogy? I didn't live my life to the fullest. I didn't give my best to anything. I did. I took it for granted until here I am in this moment. And so in that moment, I actually was excited because I was able to flip the script because I've done so much with so little and been able to multiply and been able to help people and build and generate this influence. But that was like, there's a whole nother part of that. But I woke up and I realized that like, man, I'm on the right mission to be a wake up call to the world because I want everybody to stand in that line at the end of the day. When your story is told, <laughs> your eulogy is read, you'll be proud of the things you accomplished. But I, it, 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 this is extraordinary. I know it's it, it's it's honestly it's extraordinary, Marcus. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance, uh, I'm I'm going to re-listen to yours, and and I'm maybe it's just honing in in a way because we're doing the show. This this was my experience, my first experience when I was an EMT, and we would be transporting people on long-term catastrophic care, cancer, you know, dialysis, whatever it may be, and listening to people talk about their lives in such a negative way. I wish I had done this. I was afraid to 
do that. My life was meaningless. I wasted my time. And I remember as a 17-year-old boy saying, I mean, I felt bad. I felt compassion, deep, deep compassion, saying, I never want to live my life saying all those things. And my deathbed confession is going to be, yeah, there was difficulties, there were problems, but whenever something is going to stop me because I'm afraid or someone's going to stop me because they're jealous or whatever, to the extent I can, I'm going to fight that fight. So I'm not saying what those people said at the end of their lives, and I'm saying it to some 17-year-old kid in an ambulance. And I don't think that this is Pollyannic. I think that this is a great, what you're talking about is a great way to live life. I feel like it's the only way to live life because if you don't, consider the alternative. And it's crazy you say that. I kind of came to this realization, obviously, from my own experience. But I'm one who a lot of people don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to learn from wisdom. I spent a lot of time with really, really old people. And I sit under them and I listen to them. And I always hear the recurring theme that their biggest regrets is never what they did. It's never the crazy thing they did. It's, it's always what they didn't do. It's the mm. chance they didn't take, the risk they didn't take. And so coupling that with my lived experience and i just decided a few years back that man what i know what happens if i don't i become that exactly what you just said sitting here replaying all my traumas and all the things i didn't do on a loop haunting myself or i can take action right now put one foot in front of the other figure it out as i go as long as you know the why the journey will always reveal the how like yeah win, lose, win lose or draw you fought the fight Dave, right? Oh, without a doubt. It's such a theme that, that we have in the show. And, and when I heard your TEDx talk, I immediately thought of my man here, Bob. You guys, literally, it's almost the same exact message that you guys are given. Marcus, you talked about that accident. And just for the audience, near-death accident, car accident with some friends goes into a ditch. The car is demolished and literally should have killed all, all of you. Now, you are sending a message for a wake-up call to these students, these young individuals, and they're not in the car crash, right? Not as traumatic as you experienced. How do you send that same message to someone that hasn't either rock, hit rock bottom or hasn't gone through that, that, that experience? Man, it's a paradigm shift. And I think that's that's what leads to success in anything like a couple of things, flexibility and then the ability to shift your paradigm. When you see things only one way for so long, you just accept that this is the way it is. And that doesn't have to be the case. So with the young people I work with primarily in the inner city, it is without them having to go and almost die. Like, yo, let me tell you from my experience, I relate to them because I keep it real. But then it's also like it's brutally honest. It's like, look, man. You, you feel like some of the systems you face might be against you. Okay, what if they are? Are you going to cry about it or what are you going to do? That doesn't have to stop you unless you allow it, unless you give this thing power over you. And it's like I watch kids shift. I watch the paradigm shift happen. I watch them realize like, okay, this guy's not just another person up here bringing some snacks that we can just look in our phones. Like sometimes you can hear a pin drop with 80 kids in a room and they're just sitting here like, on every word because I'm giving them life, but I'm doing it in a way that's not only relatable, but it's just real. My goal, I tell them every year, is to keep you from going into a cage or a box. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want you to be buried. I don't want you to spend your life in a cage like an animal. I want you to be able to have a chance to live and not throw it away before you get a shot. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, that that is uh, the approach. But, but 
the biggest lesson I learned from the accident is this. My whole life, I spent my life asking the question, why me? I always ask, why me? Why me? Why me? Why did I have to be born into poverty? Why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to grow up with addiction and abuse? Why, 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 why? And as long as I was asking that question, I was going to continue to be confused, befuddled, bewildered, all the other B words to let you know, like I was going to be lost in the sauce because it literally took me realizing. That's crazy. I get emotional when I think about it. I was never going to get an answer to that question because I was asking the wrong question. The question was never, why me? What I realized after the accident is the question was always, what is it for? What is it for? Because your pain has a purpose. And if you allow that to propel you into the future, a purpose you're supposed to live, it will open doors. Now, I didn't know when I was going through all the stuff I went through that I would be able to share my message with international audiences all over the world. And people want to fly me and pay me to come and talk about my pain. But it's not the pain. Pain is universal. That's what connects us. It's how I got over the pain and what you do with the pain that people invest in because they want to learn how to not let pain drive their life. So I let them know, man, stop asking why me and ask what is it for? Figure out the purpose of your lived experience and go live and figure out how you can do something that matters and serve somebody else. Your mess is your message. I mean, I've <laughs> learned that from Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi and and now Marcus Black. All right, listen, listen, we got to take a break. I know we want to keep on going. We're, we're going to get back up and running. You're listening to WMTR Radio. It's all about the truth to stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. Welcome back to WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth. Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno, going real quick here because we got Marcus Black and we can't waste any time because he is throwing down the wisdom. Dave, and he was just literally talking about uh, pain has purpose. And and I was thinking in my mind, victim versus victor. And I've gotten a lot of heat for this. Um, so I like you to tell me because we come from two completely or two different backgrounds for sure. Um, I say a lot of time that you can fall into, if you wish, the victim mentality, but all that's doing is keeping you down. Maybe there is unfairness. Maybe there is pain. But when you're suffer comparing with other people, all you're doing is giving yourself the opportunity to say why it is I can't move forward. And people get very sometimes, not all. Actually, many respond to that positively, but we're living in a culture that tells us, you know, you're a victim. Uh, it's an external reason as to why you're not succeeding. Uh, everyone gets the trophy. Um, you know, that kind of mentality that's going on out there. And I, I really think that we're developing a scenario where people are not being given the resiliency skills they need. And we're actually setting them up for continued failure. Am, am I off base with that, Marcus? No, I agree with that. I do agree that the way culture is heading is definitely a recipe for disaster when it becomes when it comes to uh, finding out who you really are. You can't figure out who you are unless you've gone through some things. I always tell people there's no strength apart from struggle. I used to be a competitive weightlifter, and I learned that when you lift weights, I don't know if people know this, you actually tear up your body. You tear your muscle. It shreds to pieces. The more you tear it, the better, because when it repairs itself, it comes back harder, bigger, stronger. And this is the same thing with life. Like when you go through things, those things aren't to harm you. Matter of fact, I'll tell a story about sea turtles 
and I got to witness the birth of them, and they're an endangered species. But as they were coming out of the ground, some of them were coming out on their back, and they were fighting and clawing and fighting and clawing. And the endangered species specialist said, whatever you do, don't touch the turtle. And one lady decided, I don't care what he says. I'm going to help because I can't watch this baby struggle. Reaches down, and he sees her, and he yells at her. He says, stop. And the lady's like, why are you yelling at me? I don't understand. I'm only trying to help. And he said, exactly. You don't understand. I just told you the odds of that baby turtle surviving are next to none. But the strength that he needs to survive in the ocean is built on the fight to the water. He's building what he needs to survive. Mm. And so when we look at it that way and we shift our perspective, we realize that our pain serves a purpose. Now, to your point, when you talk about the victim versus victor, I tell people, like, you might be a victim. I was of abuse, of of addiction. Okay, so am I going to make an excuse about it? At some point, like, you can take a moment and you got to process that and figure out how to heal, but you can't sit and stew in that forever. You can either <laughs> sit in ish or you can bury yourself in it. Use it as fertilizer and you can become better. But you got to stop making excuses about stuff you have no control over and get hyper-focused on what you do have control of. Wow. Wow. Speaking fire. Once again, Marcus Black. I mean, man, I'm so, so proud of you, Marcus. And it's such a pleasure to meet you at the, on the TEDx stage. I want to know, though, you know, when you when you have that that wake up call, you're, you're in a car accident. How do you get to the Marcus Black present day mindset just from that? Because a lot of people are in car accidents, Marcus. Not everyone makes the shift like you did. Yeah, actually, you could amplify that a little bit. You could actually say you had all the right at that point in time to say, you see, there you go again. Now I'm involved in this horrible accident. My life is just horrible. It could have been more of a validation to that negativity. I think at some point people got to ask themselves the question, what do you really want in life? And we say we want something, but your actions don't match what's coming out of your mouth. If I say I want to live a fulfilling life, if I say I want to create a legacy, if I say I want to impact and help people, but I allow the first little thing in adversity that comes my way to say, there we go, throw in the towel, then I don't really want what I said I wanted. Because if I wanted it, then I would do whatever it takes to make it a reality. When I decided that I wanted to be a speaker, I didn't go small. I said, I'm going to be one of the top speakers in the world. Well, how do you do that? You got to learn from the best. So I start reaching out to the best. That's crazy. People told me I was crazy and maybe I was, but I now worked one-on-one with Trent Shelton. Like this guy, he was just on stage with uh, Tony Robbins and Matthew McConaughey. Like, come on. And then Les Brown, like two of the greatest orators of all time. And when I spoke for Les Brown the first time, I waited 12 hours for my turn. It was almost 2 a.m. before I got a chance to have 60 seconds to speak to him. But I wanted what I said I wanted. So many people say they want it, but you're not willing to do the uncommon thing to actually get to where you want to go. So for me, it was like, if I really want what I say I want, then I got to be willing to take the steps. And so I'm not going to lie. That next season was terrible. It was difficult. It was very hard. It was chaotic. It was traumatic, trying to break cycles, trying to learn who I am and what gifts I have. But it was worth it. It was worth it work because it was purpose work. And on the other side, shoes good on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> what season are you in now? Man, I feel like every day I wake up, there's not one day I wake up where I'm not overwhelmed with joy because I get to live my dream. 
this in a since I've met you guys, I've been stood in front of five, ten thousand people on stages, speaking life, sharing my story. I get to do that every single week. I get to coach authors, I get to coach other speakers. And I'm like I'm about to head all around the country in the next couple of months here, there and everywhere sharing my passion. And not just with I work with students every week. So that's my home base. But I also work with corporations, schools, universities, conferences, events. So every day I get to live my purpose and I get to do what I love. And that came after going through the fire, after being forged, after pressing through, after persevering. I was trying to figure out how to build a following and build a community and build support and build a brand. And, you know, we get even that we like, well, it's not working and nobody's watching my post and it's only got 10 likes. And I'm like, man, stop. <laughs> stop focusing on what you cannot control. Focus on what you can control. That doesn't matter. You do what you do for the love and not for the likes. And the rest is a byproduct. And when I started showing up for the love of what I do, eventually this passion was going to catch somebody's attention and it started to open doors. But at first it was just me like this with four people. And I didn't care. I don't care if it's four, four thousand or four million. You get the same energy because how you do anything is how you do everything. They'll catch up. You just do you. Oh, man. Uh, amazing. How about your day to day? I mean, do you, have you packed any uh, habits or routines to maintain this positivity and intent? Uh, the biggest one is um, making sure that you have time for, I wouldn't call it isolation, but taking time to disconnect. That's the word. Disconnect from the noise. We live in a world that is overstimulated. <laughs> that is, we are perpet We live in a perpetual state of overwhelm because we're being flooded. So many ideas, so many things from the news, from social media, from people, so many narratives. There's just all these different things. And we don't know how to process or handle that. We live with the world's traumas at our fingertips. Mm. And then we have our own traumas. And so what I have been able to do, it's a daily habit. It has to happen or I'm not going to be able to pour uh, so full and so free is to turn the phone and the TV off. I need at least 15 minutes, but it's a lot more these days. It started that way. Nothing. And when the weather is not freezing, I go to the lake every day. You look, People look at my content. Majority of my content is in front of the lake. I go sit. No phone, no distractions, let the breeze hit my face. And in that moment, I'm doing a couple of things. I practice gratitude every single day. What am I grateful for? I don't know if people know this. It's impossible for gratitude and depression to coexist. They can't coexist. If you make a list, I challenge my clients to make a gratitude journal every day. Even if you don't fully believe, just write it out. Eventually, those seeds take root and they shift because your belief literally dictates action. Action follows belief, right? So. I practice this gratitude and then I, I practice being present in the moment. You know, Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the power of being present. And I realize most of the anxiety we have is from living in a future reality in this scary place that may not actually exist. So you got to bring yourself back to the present reality. Where am I? What do I have? What am I grateful for? Silence the noise. My cup is filling up and then I'm ready to go breathe fire and pour into people all over again every single day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing. I, I used to give, I, I used to love lecturing around the country, even outside the country on a course I used to call Joyful Journey. And it was talking about being grateful in the present moment. 
And I was I, I talked a lot about you don't need sophisticated checklists. It may seem oversimplified, but if you follow it, it it's it's difficult to do. But joyfulness is something different than happiness. And it's very difficult to try to explain this. Joyfulness withstands trauma. Joyfulness withstands setbacks. Joyfulness and gratitude in the present moment where you're not regretting the past, fearful of the future, to the extent you can. And when you have to go into the past, you have to go into the future, do the best you can to get back to that present moment. It doesn't have to be an absolutist thing. But it's a, it sounds like you're saying kind of this, we're saying the same thing. And it's very important each day to be joyful and grateful. And like you said earlier, Dave, I think this is so true. And I do this all the time. I'm always pulling myself to stop thinking about 5% of the problem when 95% of everything has been exactly the way I would want it. It's so easy to be pulled from that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the energy goes where the focus is, right? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of nice quotes out of you, Marcus. I mean, what a blessing you are, man. You keep it up. You got a bright future ahead of you, Marcus, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, we, we have to have you back, my man. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I'd love to, I'd love to have you come back. But unfortunately, um, one, I, uh, let me ask, because, yeah. you know, he's dealing with young, the young youth. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have a course coming up for students in the spring, March 20th. It's careers in law for students interested in becoming a lawyer. Uh, the registration is at I want to be a lawyer dot law. And Marcus, if you could to, to our audience. Those students that want to be lawyers, do you see any value to this extracurricular workshop, webinar, learning, development? One million percent. I think so many of the kids have lost the ability to dream and see past their present reality. And you guys offer opportunities for things that they don't even think. And that's not just inner city kids. That's all kids. Anyway, well, that's not possible for me. That's only for really smart people. Yeah, I got I think I'm kind of interested in that, but I can't do it. Well, you don't know unless you try. So how about you hit the link and you figure out how you can get signed up and learn from some guys who got years and years and years <laughs> of experience and wisdom. And you never know what's possible until you put it out there. So get it because you Man, I had to put it in there. Marcus Black, man. Wow, awesome. Uh, love you, man. I really uh, appreciate that. Uh, nothing but the truth. Uh, you can get it on the radio at our new time at 9.30 on Saturday. Even better slot. And Dave, the uh, podcast drops. Well, not only, Bob, we are not only on the radio anymore. We are streaming on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube on the Bianchi Law Group's pages. And Marcus, I cannot wait for not only the audio to drop, but we are recording video right now as well. And the energy on this man, you have to see. So that video will be available streaming on our platforms. We'll get it out when the week comes out. And then also nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com is the webpage with all the other videos. And we've been blessed, Bob, with the guests that we've had here, including my man, Marcus. Marcus, once again, proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for your time coming on Nothing But The Truth. Thank you, brothers. Appreciate it. We're the Bianchi Law Group, a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... Relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, Call the Bianchi Law Group today.